Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. You are with Lyle this morning here on The Breakfast Show. And you are just with Lyle this morning because, well, we don't have a co-host, so you have to put it with me this morning, but that's okay. All right, where are we up to with the quiz? So a number of questions that we have had so far, we will uh, run through a num- the number of clues. Uh, the first clue was... And this is a what? Uh, uh, I'm looking at the wrong side here. Okay, there we go. Here we go. Here we go. A who am I or a what am I? Ezekiel 36 tells how that after Israel is laid to waste, the Lord will make it, that is Israel, like this. That's the first clue. A second clue, a cherubim was placed on the east side of this. What is it? Third clue, the Pishon, the Gihon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates ran through me. Who am I? And here comes, of course, the next clue, which is going to be the fourth clue. And this one is going to totally give it away for everybody who is listening in. So get ready to call on 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669 to get your free copy of The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge, the story of Desmond Doss. Okay, so get ready to call because this one is going to give it away. Uh, Who am I? I contained the tree of life. And the tree of the knowledge of good and even evil, a garden with four rivers flowing through the middle, middle of it. You know where that is. Just give us a call or shoot us a message, send us something on Facebook, and of course we would love to hear from you. Now, it was nice to hear from Mon earlier on. She was down in Gundagai, travelling on her way back here and listening to us via the TuneIn app. So a big shout out to Mon as she is probably now on the road and uh, stay safe on the road. We look forward to having you back on the show co-hosting again tomorrow. But it's great to see that TuneIn app working all over Australia. And of course, if you're listening to the delayed broadcast or if you are, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I get to have a struggle getting a good signal. Well, if you're having a struggle getting a good signal, then you're just doing it wrong. Use the TuneIn app or use faithfm.com.au and you'll get a perfect signal anywhere you are, pretty much anywhere in the world where you can get a data signal, which is just fantastic. We have people listening in South America. We have people listening in North America. We have people listening in Asia, in Europe and in Africa, all by using the TuneIn app and then just simply running it through their car stereo. So that's a great way of doing it right there. And of course... um, if you would like to support the work of Faith FM, we are um, always in need of support here. If you'd like to make a donation, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843 um, or shoot us a message 0491-064-669 and we can, help you. we can help you help us help others. How does that sound? We can help you help us to help others here on Faith FM. Okay, so there is a story. I'm going to do something slightly different for the Encounter with God section today. There is a story in the news, and I'm going to draw our Bible study from this particular story. Okay, so Britain's upper house has voted to give Parliament powers to block or delay a final deal on departure from the European Union, defeating Prime Minister Theresa May's government. Now, the question that comes up in my mind is this. Why is it that people fight so hard to keep the EU together? Uh, Particularly here in Britain, of course, the majority of uh, the British population 
uh, quite a solid majority voted to uh, leave the European Union, but the politicians and the European Union and everybody is just fighting it tooth and nail, and of course they are looking at it and going, oh no, if Britain leaves, then who's going to be the next person to leave, and if there's not consequences for Britain, then other people look at it, and well, uh, nothing too much happened there, that was a whole big yawn of an exercise, and so we'll pull out as well. And others uh, will be looking at, well, what's the actual advantage of joining the European Union? Well, the answer to this whole question is found in the Bible. And few people realize this, but it's one of the most astounding prophecies that there is in Scripture. And we're going to spend some time looking at it this morning, and it's from one of my favorite parts of the Bible, which is why I chose to look at it this morning. It comes from the book of Daniel. So we're going to turn our Bibles to the book of Daniel. And we're going to read from Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1. And we're going to cover a little bit of background as to who Daniel was, and then we're going to work our way down through this particular chapter right here. So Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep broke from him. In other words, he had a dream that was so vivid that he couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep for the rest of that night and it doesn't seem that he could sleep again for the next night either. His sleep broke from him. So this was a dream of incredible importance to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, of course, you might be wondering, well, who's Daniel and who's Nebuchadnezzar? Very uh, quickly, Nebuchadnezzar, was the emperor of what was called the Neo-Babylonian Empire, uh, about 600 years before Christ. And uh, as emperor of that empire, he was the most powerful man in the world. This was the, this was the reigning superpower of its age. And so he has this dream. He has uh, This, of course, is recorded in the book of Daniel. We're going to find more out about Daniel as we go down through this chapter. Daniel was a Jewish slave of noble birth. So he'd, he'd come down from nobility. Uh, he was a slave uh, because he had been captured when Nebuchadnezzar, in his first year of his reign, had captured and conquered the city of Jerusalem. And so he'd taken Daniel as a slave. Having arrived in the city of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar had placed Daniel into education. Rather than into hard labor, he placed him into education and he studied there for three years before he went on to become uh, eventually the Grand Vizier of the Babylonian Empire. But that's another story for another day. What we're looking at here is a time when Daniel is still a student and Nebuchadnezzar has just come to the throne um, a couple of years, uh, two years before, and he has this dream. So what he does is he does what all you know important people did in those days when they had a, a dream of importance. They would ca- call together their counselors, or they would go and see their soothsayers, or their or their prognosticators, or their dream readers, or palm readers, or tarot card readers, or whatever else that was. They went to find out what is the meaning of this particular dream. So he wants to know what it is. He calls together. The Bible says uh, his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. They came and stood before the king. This was something they'd done many, many times before. They weren't phased by it. They're like, yeah, this will be fine. We will come up with something here that is vague enough to be able to tell the king uh, something from the future and we're guaranteed that it will happen. You know, like a little bit like sometimes you hear on that late night radio show where you have, you know, a, a numerologist or something or other and they tell you the vaguest things about your future that are pretty much guaranteed to happen. 
And so these guys were pretty good at uh, vague prophecies that were guaranteed to happen. And so they're not too worried. And so they come in there and they stand before the king and they're like, okay, this is great. You've had a dream. Tell us what you have dreamed and we will tell you the interpretation. If you want to know what happens next, you're going to have to stay tuned. We're going to be back right after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Oh, soul, are you weary in trouble? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strange in the light of His glory. To Jaden Levick, turn your eyes upon Jesus. What a beautiful song we have right there uh, that fits in so well with what we're going to be studying from the Bible today. So, as we're getting into our Bible study today, this Bible study is based on what is happening in Britain with Brexit and so forth, and that, of course, is back in the news again as the House of Lords is fighting against the uh, lower house, and um, there's all kinds of kerfuffle over there as to how they're going to exit from 
the European Union, and few people realize that this is all based around Bible prophecy. And so we're looking at this particular prophecy this morning. Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. He calls in his counselors to explain his dream. They say, yes, tell us what you dreamed and we will tell the interpretation. And Nebuchadnezzar says, yep, no problem. That's great. There's only one small problem, and that is I have forgotten what I dreamed. And, of course, his counselors at that particular point would be like, oh, that is a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, what are we going to do with that? But for Nebuchadnezzar, it's like, well, this is no problem. You have been able to interpret my dreams in the past. You obviously have supernatural powers. Therefore, all I need you to do is tell me first what I dreamed and then tell me also the interpretation. So he had had one of those experiences. I'm sure you've all had that experience where you uh, have a dream. You wake up in the middle of the night. It's vivid. Your heart is pumping. You are thinking, where am I? You look around the room. You eventually figure out that you are at home in your bed and that all is well with the world. And so you... Lie back down and relax, and then having done so, it uh, you 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 find yourself in. Uh, it's like okay, I'm going to tell people about this dream tomorrow. You wake up the next morning and you can't remember what you dreamed. And this is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He couldn't remember, and it was frustrating him. So he said, "Tell me what I dreamed, and I'll tell you the interpretation." And they're like, "Well, we can't do that. We can't tell you what you dreamed." And it's like, "Well, if you don't do that, um, I'm going to cut you all into pieces. I'm going to turn your houses into pile of dung." The Bible says, "A pile of." Ash. And so, of course, they were very, very panicked at this particular point because Nebuchadnezzar was really a psycho. And he was, a, he was an emperor. He was very powerful. He was a uh, he was just a full-on psycho. So that was the kind of person he was. So they started to get worried, and they started to try and reason with the king, and eventually they made a major mistake. Uh, down in verse 11, it says um, that his counselor says, It is a rare thing that the king requires... And there is no one else other that can show up before the king except the gods whose living place is not with humanity. And so when they come to this particular point, they really put their foot in it because in the past, of course, when they had interpreted the king's dreams, they had always claimed that the interpretation came from the gods. They were in communication with the various Babylonian gods. And here they've said, well, the only person who can tell you what you dreamed are the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar would be thinking, well, then go and ask the gods. Isn't this what you have done previously in the past? And, of course, they have exposed themselves as major frauds at this particular point. So he commands that every single one of them that be killed along with their families and their houses destroyed. He's going to make an example of this lot. He's going to wipe out his entire cabinet. In the process, it seems it didn't just include the counsellors, but it also included the students. And they come to Daniel, and they're about to uh, drag Daniel off to his execution. And he's like, wait a minute, there's a God in heaven who understands these kind of things. Give me time. And so he goes to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar okay, you can have some time. Because Nebuchadnezzar really did want to know the answer to his dream. And so Daniel goes back that night and has a prayer meeting with three of his friends. The four of them get together, and they pray. And you can read it all here in Daniel chapter 2. It is an astounding prophecy because that night God gives to Daniel the answer to the dream. Uh, the dream itself along with the answer and, of course, makes sure that Daniel can remember it the next day. And so we find that Daniel the next day goes in, in before Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel at this particular time would have been about 18 or 19 years old. So he's, yeah, he's pretty much just a kid. And he's walking in there before the most powerful individual in the universe. 
And he says, he answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, can't the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show to the king? So he's going to out these uh, counselors now. He goes on in verse 28, when you would expect him to be, you know, taking the opportunity to make a big thing of himself. In verse 28, Daniel says, but there is a God in heaven. He's like, this is not me, this is God that reveals secrets and makes known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the last days. Your dream and the visions of your head on your bed are these. And then he goes on to describe to Nebuchadnezzar what he had dreamed several nights before. Imagine that. Imagine if you were Nebuchadnezzar and you couldn't remember your dream, but somebody else could tell you what you had dreamed. I don't know about you, but that would catch my attention right there. So Daniel gets in and he starts to tell Nebuchadnezzar what he dreamed. And he's like, you saw a great image standing on the earth. The head of the image was made out of gold. The chest of the image was made out of silver. The thighs of the image or its waist were made out of brass. The legs of the image were made out of iron. The feet of the image were made out of a mixture of iron and clay. And then he goes on and he said, And while you were watching this great image, this great metallic image uh, standing on the earth, there was a rock that came from heaven. And this rock comes hurtling down towards the earth. It hits the image on its feet. It smashes the image to a thousand pieces. Those thousand pieces, as they crumple, the wind blows them away, just and they're gone. And they vanish. And then the rock that hit the image on its feet becomes a great mountain that fills the whole earth. And so this is the great image that Daniel saw here in his dream. This massive, enormous, metallic image. And what you have in this image, as we find out, is symbols in metals. And this image tells the future of the world for the next two and a half thousand years. And the great thing about this prophecy is that there is not a single solitary detail of it that has been changed or defied or otherwise, and it fits right in with what is happening right now with Brexit. So let's keep reading. Daniel continues on, and Daniel says in verse 36, this is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof. So here comes the interpretation of the dream. He says, You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Wherever the children of men live, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, has he given into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. And so very simply, if we want to define what this uh, great image symbolizes, we don't have to guess. Because like with all Bible prophecy, the Bible defines itself. You don't have to guess as to who the head of gold symbolizes. The Bible plainly tells you in the clearest possible language, it symbolizes Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian empire that he is ruling over at this particular time in earth's history. Follow your heart is what they say I know that if I do I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I 
couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with Fire that consumes Only then Can we say I love you well, God is love He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave himself He gave his all Unconditionally I wanna love you Like he does Lord Give me eyes to see The only way I can Is if inside of me If we wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two, there's gotta be three cords woven, God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with the fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Love is kind, love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth and Love will never seek our own Love's patient, love endures And if we want love like that Is what we'll have to do If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two there's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Only then can we say 
God is the only love that's true And I love you with a love that's true You're listening to Josh Cunningham with three chords here on Faith FM 87.6, AZ 18 or 88, depending on where you are, right across Australia. And the next clue for our quiz is a really obvious one. It is this. I am the place where Eve was tempted by the serpent. Whereabouts was Eve tempted by the serpent? If you know the answer to that question, which you will do, give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 and we will send you the book, The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge, uh, the story of Desmond Doss, conscientious objector who received the Congressional Medal of Honor during the Second World War. Just one of the most outstanding stories you will ever have the privilege of being able to uh, read. So that's, uh, that's the uh, clue for the quiz. Getting back to our Bible study, we found that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream of a golden statue Not a golden statue, a metallic statue with a head of gold, I should say. And Daniel has just told us exactly what this all symbolizes. He says that the head of gold symbolizes the Babylonian Empire. He states that in the clearest possible language in verse 37 and 38. You are this head of gold, he says. And in verse 39, after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you and a third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. And so you have four metals in this image symbolizing four kingdoms and symbolizing also that history does not necessarily always repeat itself because the Bible says that one empire will conquer another, will conquer another, will conquer another. And then it goes on and says it will collapse. And so before we get to that collapse part, we need to focus on the history historical accuracy of what we have so far and ask ourselves this question was the babylonian empire conquered by another one yes it was it was conquered by the persian empire under cyrus the great uh, as he formed a coalition with the medes and the persians were the persians conquered by another empire yes you've all heard of alexander the great who conquered the persian empire and founded the greek empire Was the Greek Empire ever conquered? Well, of course, you've heard of the Roman Empire, which was three times bigger and lasted three times longer than any previous empire before it. And if you were a historian looking into the future, you would say, well, one day soon the Roman Empire will be uh, conquered and ruled by another one and so on and so forth down through history. But no, the Bible says this will not happen. Notice what it says when we go down to verse 43. Verse 42, as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly broken. And where you saw iron and clay, iron mixed with miry clay, I should say, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not stick to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Notice here the Bible says that after the Roman Empire, the empire will disintegrate. It will thereafter be made up of some strong nations and some weak nations, which will never stick together again. And we're just looking at Brexit. Of course, Britain was a part of the Roman Empire. And ever since the Roman Empire collapsed in the year 476 AD, 
there has never been a generation that has lived when there has not been somebody who has been trying to stick that old empire back together and to defy the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2. And for the last 1,600 years, this prophecy has held true. In fact, for the last two and a half thousand years, this prophecy has held true. You know, when Cyrus the Persian uh, read the prophecies of the Bible, he was so impressed with them that he commanded the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. When Alexander the Great read these prophecies, he was so impressed with them that he spared the city of Jerusalem and worshipped in its temple. But when we come down to more modern times, we find others who have read these prophecies and have taken a very different approach. When Napoleon Bonaparte read these prophecies, he threw, he hurled the Bible across the room in a fit of rage because he recognized that the Bible was prophesying that his designs on the, uh, on the British Empire were the opposite of what the Bible says. And he just determined that the Bible would not stand in his way. When Kaiser Wilhelm read these prophecies, he was so incensed that he found eventually a statue of the prophet Daniel in the cathedral of Metz and cut off its head and replaced it with his own head. When Adolf Hitler heard of these prophecies, he said, well, that's fine, but it does not fit into my plans for Western Europe. But at least he was honest enough to put Daniel's head back on the statue rather than the Kaiser's head because he said, well, the prophecy of Daniel does still stand. Here in Australia during the Second World War, there was a man by the name of George Burnside who pitched a tent and put a banner out the front of that tent, Why Hitler Cannot Win the War. And this was during the early parts of the Second World War when the Germans appeared to be completely unstoppable. In the German army, there was an officer named Franz Hassel who mentioned during Operation Barbarossa that it was impossible for Hitler to win the war. And when he was asked to explain himself before a panel of superior officers and university historians, he gave them a three-hour Bible study on this particular prophecy, whereafter, as his particular unit was penetrating east into Russia, As a part of Army Group South, they went further east than any other German unit. Uh, They began to stockpile. This is while they were while they were sorry advancing, not retreating. While they were advancing, they began to stockpile food and fuel for their retreat, because they knew the Bible had said what they were trying to accomplish was impossible, and they knew that they would need those supplies in the future. And of course, after Adolf Hitler, what came next with the European Union? Once again, the next big. effort to try and reunite that empire again. And Brexit, with Britain pulling out of the EU, is just another of a long string of fulfillments of this particular prophecy right here. Now, of course, as we look at this prophecy, we find there is one detail that is yet to be fulfilled. There is one detail that is yet future, and that is the coming of the rock. And throughout the Bible, the rock is always a symbol of Jesus Christ. And the coming of that rock is a symbol of Jesus coming back to this earth, destroying the kingdoms of this earth, and setting up his government of peace, harmony, and happiness. Certainly something to look forward to as we listen to this song by Sons of Korah, Psalms 23. Shepherd, I shall not want. 
Welcome back, everybody. We've come to our question of the day period. And just once again, a quick shout out to Mon, who is traveling up here from Melbourne with her carload of stuff and has sent a message through to let us all know that she had a cold shower this morning. So I'm thinking she's very, very awake at this particular time. Okay, so she's not with us. So I'm here by myself this morning, but that's okay. We are getting there. The question of the day is, how was it possible that people lived so long before the flood. So if you go back in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5, and you can uh, read there the, uh, it's called the Book of the Generations of Adam, and it will give you all of the lifespans of all of the patriarchs who lived before the time of the flood. And you can go down to, oh, let's see here, um, verse 25, it says, Methuselah lived 187 years and then gave birth to Lamech. Imagine being 187 years old and becoming a father at that particular age. But that's not all. It goes on, it says, And Methuselah lived after he gave birth to Lamech 782 years and gave birth to sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. So that's a very, very long time to uh, to be living indeed. So how is it possible that these people lived so long? And of course, yesterday we were talking about... Uh, we were talking about um, uh, Shem and, of course, how long Shem lived. And uh, it, it uh, you know, we, we find that he lived you know, all the way through until the time of Jacob and, you know, very, very long lifespans. And so, and so somebody's wanting to know why is it and how is it that they were able to live so long? Well, there's a couple of clues that we have. Of course, the Bible doesn't exactly say, but we do have some clues. So we can look at our clues that we have. And first of all, if you look back in the fossil record and you look at the kind of world that existed before the flood because the fossil record will give you the kind of world uh, you know, most of the time for what the world lived before the flood. There have, of course, been a few fossils that have been created since then, but most of the fossils come from before the flood. They're created by the flood. You will find that this was an amazing world, a world that could easily preserve life for a thousand years. So, for instance, here in the Hunter Valley, we have very large coal seams that would have required vegetation that was at least a thousand feet thick to be able to lay those coal seams down. We don't have that kind of vegetation today. Uh, if you look at fauna, for instance, you had scorpions that were two and a half meters long or eight feet dragonflies with a wingspan of one meter. That's, a, that's an insect with a wingspan of one meter. Uh, we have some rather large goannas here in Australia, but nothing like the seven-meter monsters that used to walk around the planet in the past. You find that there were crocodiles that were 12 meters long and would weigh up to eight tons. So that's at least twice the size of any crocodiles that we have living here in Australia. These are all kinds of kind of uh, scary. If you go down to the museum in Sydney, of course, you can see kangaroos and wombats there that stood three metres or ten feet tall. Wombats the size of a modern-day hippopotamus. And you can go on and on and on through the record. You'll find that everything back then in that ancient world was so much bigger and more powerful. And so it's not hard to understand that in a environment that would support creatures of such great size it would also support creatures that could live so much longer because it was so much closer to the perfection of Eden than what we have today and so that perfection is now long gone 
Welcome back, everybody. That was uh, Scripture Lullabies, Strength of My Heart, uh, here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88, depending on where you are. We have come to that part of the show where we get to give something away, and it's usually Mon giving something away here, and Mon always gets so excited about it, but she's not here, so I get to do it for a change, which is pretty awesome. So I get to have the blessing this morning because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than receive, and so we are about to give you something. So if you would like to see something and have a blessing this morning as well, maybe not quite as big as my blessing, but a blessing nonetheless, then get ready to call us on 1-800-324-843 or or 0491 if you want to send us a text message or shoot us a message on Facebook. And of course, it is best to get these uh, free offers if you are listening to the live show and if you are in an area which gets the delayed broadcast and if you are thinking that it's Wednesday and I'm talking about Tuesday, then you know you're getting the delayed broadcast. Then of course, listen to us on faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app, which Mon is using to listen to us this morning. Anyway as she travels up from Melbourne with all of her gear. All right, so our free gift today is Journey of the Spirit, a musical album by Sion Eastham. And this particular uh, album takes, well, it is exactly what it says. It's a journey. It's a spiritual journey. And so it begins with abide with me. You know, we want God to live with us. And then as God comes to live with us, we notice that we are living in God's world. This is my Father's world. And so then you want to come closer to God. So nearer my God to thee. And as you come closer to God, you get that assurance of salvation, blessed assurance as you experience God's amazing grace as he leads you in that walk. And where is he leading you? He is leading you into the garden that is going to take you to the cross. Uh, So we've got uh, amazing grace. He leadeth me in the garden near the cross. When you come to the cross, you find that hope of salvation. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And finally, ending with, it is well with my soul and it is truly all well with you so with your soul when you have met Jesus at the cross and placed your hope in him and so this is the journey of the spirit album by Sion Eastham CD right here available for you first caller through it is free 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 and don't forget to stay tuned because there is more great programming coming up right after this we always love your company here on Faith FM we enjoy it when you join us and you can give us a call uh, 1-800-324-843 if you would like today's free offer This is my father's world to my listening. Thought of all 
seems often so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my Father's work Oh, the battle is not done It's Jesus who died